A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best place to wager this football season. They'll even match your first bet 100% up to $1,000, whether the bet wins or loses. Get more information at Superbook.com. TrueMav Fitness, where you need to go to start your fitness journey. It is an incredible atmosphere with really effective workouts that will never be recycled or reused to make sure that you're maximizing your potential. For levels of all fitness, go to TrueMavFitness.com. Two Rivers Ford, where you go for the best car buying experience in Middle Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee, in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at TwoRiversFord.com. And the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The Ashton team will get you the intel edge you need to succeed. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators is GaryAshton.com. So, um, as we look, as we move forward, and as we start to talk about all the different things that are going wrong with the Titans. Now, the Luan situation continues to be a bit perplexing. Um, we'll see what happens. It is a good sign that he wasn't put on injured reserve today with Chris Jackson and Trenton Cannon, but it is something that, you know, he's going to have to continue. He's going to have to continue to, uh, to figure out and see when he might be available. Now, if it ends up being a substantial amount of time, but not season ending, that's still a positive development for Taylor Lewan, who one way or the other is probably in his last season with the Titans, but one would think that he would want to give it one last go. Uh, but as things start to crumble around them for all intents and purposes, I think it's easy to get caught up in the result of one game. Now, it was a particularly terrible result. They absolutely got their shit kicked. Like, there's no question that the Titans embarrassed themselves on Monday Night Football. But from all these different situations, um and all the different issues that they had, it is still only week two. They play in a terrible division that will still give them the opportunity to win it and uh, to win the division at very least and make the playoffs as a result. How far they go in the playoffs, uh, if they make it, who's to say? But it is a little bit, uh, it is a little bit, it is a little bit concerning that they have so many problems Throughout the course of it, Matt S says you can say it's only one game, but the offensive line can only upgrade so much. No, I agree. I think the offensive line unit is what you have. Like I think you're kind of, I think you're kind of down bad on that uh, situation. And you know whether Taylor's, if Taylor ends up being available, that would be a surprise. If Taylor has to miss a substantial amount of time, either way, like they're gonna be pretty bad. Um, I think, uh, I think that when you kind of look at all the different things that the Titans have going on, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the air because they might be bad this year, but it's too early on to say how bad, how just how bad they might be. So in conversations with a lot of people around the league, it was pretty interesting to see who came to the defense of the Titans. Uh, and at this point, Aaron Rodgers is one of the loudest voices in favor of what the Tennessee Titans are doing. The question that I have to ask you before you hear from Aaron Rodgers is, what is your confidence level in Mike Vrabel to turn this season around? Down 0-2, facing another team that's also down 0-2. One of, let's see, Bengals, Falcons, um, Titans, 
Raiders. There's one more that I'm missing. Uh, the Colts and the Texans are winless currently, but they do not. Uh, they do not. They are not 0-2 because they have a tie on their record between the two of them. So what's your level of confidence in Mike Vrabel to turn this thing around? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together. And I, in the meantime, will tell you about Two Rivers Ford. That is where you go for guarantees. Very few places offer guarantees in today's economy, no matter what kind of business you're in. But that's what makes Two Rivers Ford better. That's what makes them different because they're going to go above and beyond. Two Rivers Ford has you covered when it comes to great guarantees should you select to custom order a 2023 model year Ford. If you do that, you can lock in a great guaranteed APR or interest rate uh, for the first couple of months of your payment. They'll guarantee 2.9% APR for 60 months for all qualified buyers when you custom order an F-150, Explorer, Ranger, Edge, Bronco Sport, Escape, or Mustang at Two Rivers Ford. The best prices and guaranteed rates all at a locally owned dealership with non-commissioned salespeople. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, looking at the situation for the Titans right now, uh, Pat McAfee does a regular segment with Aaron Rodgers during the football season on Tuesdays. They somehow got into the middle of a Titans conversation. Pat made a declaration about the Titans, and Aaron Rodgers, who famously says R-E-L-A-X, relax when it comes to the Packers situation, had similar thoughts about the Titans and Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Titans are dead. I don't know if you know that. I mean, Titans are absolutely <laughs> dead. They got no shot the rest of the year. And the Bills. Is Mike, is Mike Vrabel not coaching them anymore? See, that's I bet on that last yeah, night. So mm-hmm. Shut the f- up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing you can say about Derek Henry. Yeah, they still, still there. Yeah, they still got him. Yeah. Okay. Brian Tannehill's still throwing those strike routes. Yeah, well, they're gonna be just fine. They're still out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of those last night, I don't believe. But I mean, there he still got it in him. Uh, well, and, Buffalo. Hey. That's that's pretty damn good team. Though. Did you? Uh, if that's the approach that Aaron Rodgers is taking, why is everybody here locally freaking out? Now, what I, I think, and we're going to talk about the Derrick Henry situation. Reed, I swear to God, that camera got closer to my face after the video popped off. I'm not sure what's happening, but it's deeply disorienting to me. Uh, I, uh, I think that, uh, I think that there's a lot of different reasons to be concerned about the Titans. And again, the longevity of this, uh, at some point may come to an end, but I think, uh, I think that, uh, um, when you look at all the different things that you look at with the Titans, Mike Vrabel has serious questions for the first time in quite some time. Taylor Lewan being lost for any amount of time is a problem. Derrick Henry has not yet shown himself to be Derrick Henry just yet, and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to rip the Titans because the Packers play the Titans at home on Thursday night football this year. So I think that there's, you know, the answer is somewhere in between, right? The answer is probably they they cannot be as bad as 41-7 to against the Bills. But they may not end up being very good. It's too early to say. I think that my level of confidence in Mike Vrabel to tur- get it turned around, I guess I would have to ask you what your definition of turned around is. If they... If they end up winning the division still after all of this, uh, all of the, the terrible start that they've had, 
I think that the situation for Tennessee is pretty impressive. I think that the, if they were to if they were to make the playoffs, if they were to win their division, they would probably be feasted upon um, by Buffalo, Kansas City. Uh, who else looks really good right now? The Chargers look like they've built a good squad. The Ravens, like I don't think the Titans would have a legitimate uh, a legitimate shot as presently constructed. But without Derek, kind of without Derek, kind of showing the ability that we are accustomed to seeing from Derek, it is a lot to ask. So definition of turn it around, like. I would be surprised to see the Titans have a losing season under Mike this year, but they do have some clear issues that they need to address. So turned around, I think it will look, I think it will look better. I don't know if they beat the Raiders on Sunday. I, I think it's the, I think it's a terrible matchup coming in here, especially given the fact that, you know, Christian Fulton uh, is still uncertain, although he did participate in practice today. I think that, uh, I think that all these other things that you have to that you have to look at and how much more the Titans have to give, how much more of it can be done with just Ryan Tannehill if Derek's not going to give uh not going to give you a lot of a lot of what you are accustomed to. This is a situation where it is a difficult one to outright turn around. Now, I think they can still be more competitive. I do have confidence in them for that just because you know, Mike's not the type to lay down. Neither are a lot of those dudes in this in in that locker room. I think they are going to give it a considerable amount of effort to be able to right the ship. But the tipping point, um, I think there's a lot of different things to look at from a team that won 12 games last year. Uh, let's see. It's week two. You're acting like it's week 10, bro, says Jesse Bailey. I don't know if Jesse's talking to me or somebody else in the comment section, but uh, I think that's a lot of... Uh, I think that's a lot, you know, I think that's basically the approach everybody should take. It's not ideal. They're certainly bad at this point, but they are only two weeks in to the season and there is a lot of time for them to be able to rectify their errors. The problem is they are losing these games while also rectifying these errors and committing an odd amount of penalties at this point. Um, we're really supposed to be one and one. That week one loss hurt fat Randy, uh, says Jojo Grateful. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You're really supposed to be what? You're 0-2. Like, it doesn't matter what you're really supposed to be. You're currently 0-2. Plenty of teams. I'm sure the card or the rather the Charger. Or, no, damn it. Who who did the Cardinals come back on? The Raiders. The Raiders were supposed to be one and one, right? Because they had the chart or they had the Cardinals down 20 to nothing at halftime, and then they kind of blew it. They really blew it at this point. So I think all these different things uh that the Titans are up against. It's a lot to ask, but I do think that they are going to, I do think that they're going to fight harder than it looked like they did on Monday night against Buffalo. Uh, let's get into plan B for the Titans um, when it comes to what is, what's the best option if Derrick Henry can't carry them through this season. Let's talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. Uh, right after I tell you about the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The Intel Edge is what you can receive at GaryAshton.com. They will put you in a position to succeed with that Intel that helps you sell your home without any stagings or showings. It helps you find your next home while the Nashville real estate market is still red hot. It helps you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity right now. GaryAshton.com is the place 
for you to go to get the best intel on the best properties in Middle Tennessee because you know how competitive the marketplace is. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of me. I got my home through the Ashton team, and I'm very, very happy with it. So uh, I think the uh, I think all these different things that uh, that you have to look at for the Tennessee Titans, what is their best plan B, basically, if Derek cannot carry them? Uh, let's see. This is uh, um, need a quarterback like Rodgers, says Anthony Nielsen. Well, tough because you don't have them. Uh, we have weapons. Todd Downing is a problem, says Zay Anderson. I mean, they have players who I don't think are outright bad, but what what a what um what all of the different things, uh, what all of the different things that that they have right now, it they just they don't have any team speed with it, which is something that you're gonna hear from Greg Cosell on. So while I do think they have players who can work in an NFL system, certainly, the teams, they're just generally not explosive right now. No, nothing from Derek that way. Traylon Burks remains to be seen, um, although it does seem like he's going to be able to execute and he's in the right spots uh, when they are, when they are, when they play him or in the game, he's certainly getting more time at this point, and we'll continue to earn those reps as they look for different ways to get this thing back up and running again. But if Derek can't carry them, where do you go? Uh, this was something that Greg Cosell and myself talked about on today's episode of The Install, which is the podcast that Greg and I do each and every Wednesday about the Titans, about other NFL teams across the league. We break down the X's and O's and don't do, well, I, I'll have opinions from time to time, but Greg, Greg formulates his uh, his conclusions, not opinions, off what the tape study shows. And what Greg saw on tape from the Titans um, is that they're lacking in a few critical areas. When they give the ball to Derrick Henry and they're not successful running the ball behind, by the way, a not very good offensive line right now, um, then what's next? What is plan B? You know, Ryan Tannehill has had success in this league, but I would bet, and I believe this myself, I would bet that most coaches that you would speak to around the league, I'm not talking about Titans coaches, would say that Tannehill is more of a complimentary quarterback than a guy in, in the Josh Allen mold. I'm not comparing talent. I'm just saying the kind of guy that you can just put the offense on his back and he just you know, rides you off into the sunset. Yeah, so, and and that's been the the bulk of our discussion is what is plan B? Because plan B, after Derek was ineffective in that game, was certainly not any more effective for the Titans trying to get well, something going. And obviously Buffalo did well to stop them at every turn. The question is, and it goes back to what you and I have discussed over since we started doing the podcast, and I've discussed as well on 3HL, is... <clears throat> To be a really good offense, your run game and your pass game have to be able to work independently of one another because you never know what any given game will bring. You know, it's why going back, you know, years and years ago, old timers, of which I am, will remember when the Rams had Eric Dickerson, arguably one of the greatest runners in the history of the NFL. And yet the Rams did not have a passing game. So when they would get to the playoffs and play really good defenses that shut down Eric Dickerson, as great as he was, 
they didn't have anything else to do that could really work. So the question is, what what's next if it doesn't work? Because the other, because there's a couple of issues here. It's easy to rip the coaches now. That's easy, okay? But here's what they're working with, you know. And I'm telling you what the tape shows. You, you know that what I say is based on tape. You know, this is not an emotional statement for me, Buck. You know that. Um, they don't have a very good offensive line. They have no team speed on offense, zero team speed on offense. It's very, very hard to compete in the league with no team speed on offense. So if you're running back, as great as he is and can be any given week, is not breaking explosive runs, where do the big plays come from? There's no team speed. No. So Greg's analysis is a pretty harsh one because I think a lot of Greg's assessment is correct. Like it's a lot easier to blame the coaches because the coaches are overseeing everything and the coaches are the most front facing people. And you know what the coaches look like. You may not know what uh, you may not know what Nick Westbrook Aquina looks like without his helmet off. You may not know. You may not necessarily recognize these players. But here's the thing about the roster. It's not very good. Like, on the whole, it's just not very good. What Greg just assessed is, yeah, the offensive line that they've been trying to rebuild, really, for the past, when did Conklin leave for Cleveland? 19? That sounds right. I think Jack Conklin's last year was Mike Vrabel's first year. So, Conklin was not on the team in 19. So, they've basically been chasing it, chasing the offensive line rebuild ever since. So when you look at that and you say, okay, well, the offensive line isn't good enough. And also they don't have team speed. Derrick Henry is not that right now. Maybe we'll see what happens. Traylon Burks is not that based on what his traits are. Racy McMath, maybe when he comes off injured reserve, but we'll see how it goes it's it's it goes deeper than just the coaching it is a product of the lack of talent that they seem to have on that side of the ball I think we talked ourselves this offseason into yeah you go about get it you get better tight ends theoretically and by the way they're not producing at a higher level from the tight end position than they really were uh, without uh, or with with the, the group that they had last year. Michael Pruitt, uh, Austin Hooper, and Jeff Swaim are not statistically at this point better than what they had last year. So I think we talked ourselves into that a bit prematurely. I think Kyle Phillips has had a lot of struggles, um, both as a returner and, um, you know, working through some own, some of his own stuff physically. Right now, I think Traylon Burks is coming along fine, but he he and Robert Woods are not ex, are not that kind of explosive player. Like if you get them the ball in space, they can make a play, but it's not like they're going to beat you deep down the field. Jake Kumaro beat them deep down the field. Team speed is not everything, but it does matter because you don't seem to have like for every Jake Kumaro, there's a Stephon Diggs, right? For every Derrick Henry, there's a Josh Allen. Um, if Derrick Henry's powers are past their peak or, um, or looking around at all these other things that may, that may continue to happen, 
um, or the offensive line is not getting better in front of him, even if Taylor does come back. Like, I didn't think they were great. They were better running the football, and certainly Taylor kept Ryan Tannehill more clean than Dennis Daly, uh, even with additional help from Dylan Raidens, than those two did together. But I think all of these things, uh, all of these things kind of conspire against them to where, yeah, they don't look like they have enough. They don't look like they have enough right now at all. Those are not problems that are going to be fixed until, you know, the draft process. So it kind of goes deeper. For as much heat as Todd Downing and Mike Vrabel and, you know, players are getting right now, I don't think John Robinson is blameless in this. Um, in fact, I know he's not blameless in this because whatever happened with the A.J. Brown situation happened. They moved on, but they are considerably worse. Um, A.J. wouldn't fix everything, but he would at least give them the best pops possible option that they had. And even then with A.J., like team speed, A.J. is not like a burner down the field, but he does have the ability to continue to make plays. Um, I think that, uh, I think that for a lot of this stuff, you know, it's just, it's really hard for them to kind of retool these things. Like I said, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have been hugely successful together. There's no question that John Robinson pulled this franchise out of the gutter when he got here, uh, and did well to rebuild it to the place where it was competitive. But I think we might've seen the peak. I really do. Like they don't, it feels different this year. Um, and I don't think they're going to be 41 to seven every week, but I don't think they're very good either. And I think that's the kind of stuff that you continue to have to, to monitor as we, uh, as we move forward into this season. Um, we'll, we'll get, read more of your comments here in just a second. Uh, right after I tell what, what should the Titans plan B be if, uh, if Derrick Henry can't carry them over the finish line as he is so used to doing, I'll tell you, uh, or we'll read more of your comments and we can get more into it right after I tell you about Superbook Sports, where you go for the best place to wager this football season and any season that you want to wager on any major sport. Superbook Sports has odds up for every NFL game for the rest of the regular season that you can bet on right now. They will match your first bet up to $1,000, whether the bet wins or loses. Of course, you can bet baseball, college football, tennis, all other major sports in the Superbook Sports app. So bring Vegas to the palm of your hand. Get that $1,000 that they will match up to $1,000 that they will match for you. Whether the bet wins or loses, check out the terms and conditions at Superbook.com. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So Christopher White says plan B is next year. Um, Man, that's tough. That is a... Uh, that is a really, really difficult situation um, to look at. I think the, I think that the way these things, uh, I think that the way these things are going, that yeah, there's gonna, this is gonna be a much different looking team next year. Cosell pretty much said Tannehill is trash as Eric Alonso, and that's just not true. Like so much so that I want, I want you to listen to the clip again and listen to his part about Tannehill. He's not saying that Tannehill's a bad quarterback. It's just that Tannehill's not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, which, of course, we all knew. When they give the ball to Derrick Henry and they're not successful running the ball behind, by the way, a not very good offensive line right now, um, then what's next? What is plan B? You know, Ryan Tannehill has had success in this league, but 
I would bet, and I believe this myself, I would bet that most coaches that you would speak to around the league, I'm not talking about Titans coaches, would say that Tannehill is more of a complimentary quarterback than a guy in, in the Josh Allen mold. I'm not comparing talent. I'm just saying the kind of guy that you can just put the offense on his back and he just, you know, rides you off into the sunset. Yeah, so, and and that's been the the bulk of our discussion is what is plan B? Because plan B, after Derek was ineffective in that game, was certainly not any more effective for the Titans trying to get well, something going. And obviously Buffalo did well to stop them at every turn. The question is, and it goes back to what you and I have discussed over since we started doing the podcast, and I've discussed as well on 3HL, is <clears throat> to be a really good offense your run game and your pass game have to be able to work independently of one another because you never know what any given game will bring. You know, it's why going back, you know, years and years ago, old timers of which I am will remember when the Rams had Eric Dickerson, arguably one of the greatest runners in the history of the NFL. And yet the Rams did not have a passing game. So when they would get to the playoffs and play really good defenses that shut down Eric Dickerson as great as he was, they didn't have anything else to do that could really work. So the question is, what what's next if it doesn't work? Because the other, because there's a couple of issues here. It's easy to rip the coaches now. That's easy, okay? But here's what they're working with, you know. And I'm telling you what the tape shows. You, you know that what I say is based on tape. You know, this is not an emotional statement for me, Buck. You know that um, they don't have a very good offensive line. They have no team speed on offense, zero team speed on offense. It's very, very hard to compete in the league with no team speed on offense. So if you're running back as great as he is and can be any given week is not breaking explosive runs, where do the big plays come from? There's no team speed. No. So as a facilitator, um, it's not enough. And if they drop Tannehill back 50 times a game, he's going to get wrecked because that offensive line in front of him is not good enough to hold up that way. So Mark Jones, which I always appreciate, Mark Jones is the most consistent person we have here. He's just blindly homerific every time he pops in, and I love it. Plan A, B, C, and D are Derrick Henry. He will silence the doubters. Derrick has been capable. Derrick is certainly capable. Um, if, if he is still the player that we all – believe him to be I do think Derek I don't I think Derek is is a product of his environment right now I think their offensive line is not good I think it's it's failing around Tannehill I think it's failing around Derek um I'm, my biggest concern is not necessarily Derek it's that he can't he keeps getting hit at the line of scrimmage or behind it it's not an ideal situation so while Derek is superhuman uh oftentimes it does still take some kind of help from the other 10 players on the field to be able to break him loose for these big gains and uh, and right now he's he's not really getting it. Um, okay, let's move on to a, a funny question that I think you guys will appreciate on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch here on A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. The question that we have for you to wrap this thing up is: What would be the worst part of being on an NFL practice squad? Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, there's 16 players on an NFL practice squad. They work scout team uh, against the uh, they work scout team against the 
starters. Um, well, actually, no, that's not true. They practice separately from the starters for the most part. And uh, and there are some guys who, who uh, participate, but the practice squad is largely kept independent of the roster for the most part. Um, so what would be the worst part of being on an NFL practice squad? Because you can get picked up by a team at any time. You can get uh, signed on the day of a game up to the active roster and then sent back down as Josh Gordon was. Uh, Trey Yanni says just generally being on the Titans practice squad seems like a bad deal. Well, I mean, listen, it sounds like those guys have been playing early. (laughs) They've been playing a lot early. Dude signed off the practice squad. Josh Gordon, for example, uh, was elevated for the game. I think he ended up playing a decent amount, mostly in the fourth quarter, um, to little to no effect other than to get him some reps. And I think that, uh, and the reps weren't with Tannehill. They were with Willis primarily. I think that uh, I think that all of these different things are going to uh, are going to continue to go. Ty Kendrick says not getting the hottest girls on Instagram. <laughs> well, uh, here's what I'll say because whatever uh, whatever the Instagram dating or uh, or flirtation habits might be, maybe they're Adam Levine out here in these streets just firing off DMs left and right to uh, <laughs> to get in to uh, to see what he can uh, to see what he can stir up, for lack of a better term. But maybe it's not getting, uh, maybe it's not necessarily getting recognized by attractive women on Instagram. Maybe it's not even getting recognized by your own team security staff. Britain, explain your situation where you weren't allowed. They didn't know you were a player allowed in the players' lot on Sunday. Yeah, well, to no fault of theirs, right? I I had the practice squad pass. Uh, my teammates told me, just tell them you were elevated to the active roster, and they'll let you in. But I could tell they didn't quite recognize me. And, and uh, when I told them I was elevated and, and they said, look, you don't have the pass for this. And I said, no, I, I, I'm a player. <laughs> and they said, we're sorry, man. And so I totally get where they're coming Did from. Did they know your name? Did they know who you were? I don't think so. <laughs> so, which is understandable. I mean, I haven't, you know, I got to prove myself in Philly before I deserve to, to be there. So I I liked it. I had to park with the, with the grinders, with you know, out about a half mile away with the tailgaters and and walk through and I I thought it was a blast honestly it was it's kind of like college. Did many of them know you? A few people recognized me and they were kind of confused and I had to ask them you know where to go but uh, for me like I said it was kind of inspiring to to walk through the crowd and and see how much people love football here and and it made me determined you know that I want to be a great player here and I didn't play my best on Monday so I'm I might have to walk through that crowd again and get even more determined. Well, so now you're going to park there over there over there all the time now with the tailgate. I mean, I might. Some <laughs> no, form of not. that. No, you're not. So, anyways. But it, it was, it's a great story. Yeah. My, my, every single teammate has been giving me a, a lot of funny laughs about it today. Okay. So. That's pretty outstanding. Uh, so a practice squad punt returner for the Eagles was elevated the day of the game, didn't have the right parking pass. Team security wouldn't recognize him, wouldn't let him into the player's lot. Before the game, it has to go park in the tailgating lot and walk through like the rest of the unwashed masses. They're pretty funny, to, pretty, uh, pretty funny to see. But he seems, he seems to have taken it in stride, and apparently it's going to fuel his fire even further. Uh, so good on, uh, good on him for, uh, for handling that as diplomatically as he did, because I'm sure not a lot of people would do the same. Uh, imagine AJ Brown, not getting recognized at the Eagles parking lot and being turned away and told he needs to go park with the park uh, with the tailgaters. It's not exactly the same situation. All right. That is going to do it for us tonight. 
Um, Titans back on the practice field tomorrow. Uh, the radio show is going to be a lot of fun. We have punter Ryan Stonehouse on, as well as Ryan McGee of ESPN, uh, of course, of VFL himself. And we'll be doing the Marty and McGee show for ESPN and the SEC Network at uh, at at Neyland Stadium or around Neyland Stadium on Saturday. I'm going to my first ball. Well, not my first balls game. I keep saying that. My first real balls game. I'm going to Neyland Stadium for Tennessee, Florida, and I'm excited about it because I have been to a Vols game at Nissan for the Music City Bowl, but I'm told that's not really the real thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. And uh, and I've already talked to a couple of different people like our buddy Josh Pate from Late Kick Live, Will Compton of Busting with the Boys, Harry Douglas. Uh, all of them are going to be there for Barstool, CBS, and uh, and ESPN College Game Day. Respect, uh, respect respectively, not respectfully, but also respectfully. Either way, have a great evening. Radio show starts at 10, and I will talk to you guys then. If not, one more primetime show to do this week, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. See you guys. There's Matt All right, Prater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but it? we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM.